Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, and Manhattan Associates. The OmniTalk Fast Five is the funniest, fastest, and most fervently insightful breakdown of all the week's top news in the world of retail and also the podcast with the best alliteration. Today is May 20th, 2021. I am your host, Chris Walton, joined as always by the ever illustrious Anne Mazinger. Ever illustrious isn't alliterative. It's it's not ever illustrious. It's close though. You're gonna have like, to you're gonna have to work on that, I think. Yeah, I know. It's 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 not probably not meeting the bar, but I'm gonna try to figure Next out time. what we can do. Next yeah, time. yeah, yeah. Next time. Uh, so, are you? You already you're already off the bat. You're already giving me grief. I see how this is. I see how this I'm is. I'm just getting ready for next week, Chris. Are when you, you come back yeah. to the world? I know, right? Are you ready for the Chris Walton and Mazinga Omni Talk reunion tour in the physical world? Are you ready yeah. for this? We've been. Yeah. I haven't, people don't know this, but I have not spent time with you physically. Like I have not been in the same like area with you. I qualify that. In the, I have not, not been in the, in the same vicinity of you in a 15 months. Like what, right? Like that's basically what we're talking about here, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have to deal with me day to day. And I'm not sure which you're more afraid of, like being exposed to like the germ filled air or being in a room with me again for 10 hours a day. Oh, so which so, is it? So, oh, you're putting me on the spot. Wow. Okay. It's like AMs here all of a sudden again. Um, Germs or being in the same room with you, which is more scary post COVID? I got to tell you, I don't know. That's like, a, that's a tough. Call. You can think on it. You can think on it. We can check back in later, but should we, I'm should curious. We, should we to check find back out. in on that? Check, that's probably <laughs> how a good, you're going to do. Probably, I don't know, man. God, I'm, I'm starting to sweat already trying to figure that out. It's like probably like a lot of retail companies out there this week. This, but now in seriousness, I think I'm excited to join. I'm excited to join back up with you. I think it's gonna be awesome to get things going that way again and to get traveling again. I'm pumped getting to go to Nashville, Chicago, Vegas. Those are all the things we've got on, on the docket, maybe even some trips to Europe coming up. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Just like this week was fun. There were a ton of earnings this week. We're actually not going to cover the earnings because, you know, quite frankly, we thought they were a lot of what has already been told, a lot of the same story. Um, everyone seems to be be doing really well, just given how just heated up the economy is. I also still have a lot of questions about Walmart and their uh, earnings release. They claim they're gaining share uh, in grocery. So I have an uh, inquiry into their media relations team to say, what exactly does that mean? Are you talking physical share, total share, online share, one or the other? Uh, I asked that of them 24 hours ago, over 24 hours ago. I have not heard yet. That seems like a pretty basic question. Uh, but there's a lot of ways you can spin market share. So I always tell everyone, have a little caution there. Not sure Walmart's doing that, but hey, we're going to stay on top of it, see what we can try to figure out because we do think it's important to have a better understanding of that question, especially when you talk about Walmart for the future. All right, Ann, I think we give this a yes. roll. Should we get the, let's get the momentum going here. Because oh, you know So why, much Ann? momentum. So Ann, much momentum. So much momentum. Yes. Because next week is actually the Momentum Connect Conference from Manhattan Associates. As we talked about on the show, I'm going to be speaking there. And then get ready. But on Tuesday, I'm going to be live tweeting. And then I, I will also be writing up a recap of everything I've learned and taken away from the show. So if you're interested in registering, the link to register will be in the show notes. Check it out. Come to the conference. Start up a conversation with me on LinkedIn, on social media. I'm going to be excited to hear from everybody. I'm pretty excited. It's a, it seems like a good educational conference to learn a lot. All right. In terms of the news, we've got a great show. The top headlines today. We're going to start off talking we're going to talk a little bit about Amazon Go and its new rebranding of Go Grocery. 
I'm going to touch on Google and Shopify deepening their partnership. I always love when I can talk about people deepening their partnerships. We're going to discuss the real, real launching their own fashion brand, which I know Anne loves. We're going to discuss Camp creating a new way to shop online for toys, which word on the street is Anne doesn't like that one. But first, we're going to take off, as we always do, take off in honor of our sponsor with Target and their move into the delivery of same-day booze. Chris, what is the first thing that you're going to order from Target booze delivery pickup? Do you know? Oh, I, I was joking online. I think it's going to be like some, lining Kugel summer shandy, or I might go a little a Grupo Modelo, the dark. I like the dark Modelo now. I'm kind of into that. Like that's yeah. Summery yeah. beers. I want. You'd summery. like to? You want to deepen your relationship with summery beers? I do. I, think I do. So. I, was, okay. I was out gardening. Yeah. All you Cool Hand Luke fans, settle down. Settle down. I was out garden. I was out doing some gardening and some watering, watering the lawn with the hoses, setting them up this weekend. And I was like, God, you know what sounds really good right now? I was at my mom's house, cold beer. And I just grabbed a beer out of the fridge, sat down, popped the top, sat down with Mrs. Omni talk, shared a beer. It was so choice. Like, not not so much good. better than the lawn mowing yard work beer is there. It's pretty, yeah, pretty no, that, that really is like the best beer, the best beer. Yeah, for sure. hundred percent. But anyway, well, we digress. Now, now you can get that beer at Target through same day delivery services, drive up, order pickup in store and shipped at 1200 Target stores across the country and 600 stores that fulfill via shipped. Um, So Target is going to fulfill this the same way that you would if you've ordered liquor throughout the pandemic. I mean, you just show up uh, for your normal order pickup, show your barcode. They'll confirm then that you're 21 or when the ship delivery driver gets to your house, they'll confirm. And along with your groceries, your clothing, your kids' T-shirts for tie-dye day at daycare, you can now get your bottle of Black Girl Magic Rosé. Chris, I am pretty pumped. What do you think about this? Is that that's your drink, Black Girl Magic Rosé? That that's amazing. It's great. I didn't you know. Try it. I didn't Next know there time. was such a thing. I am a kind of a rosé fan. I, I am mm-hmm. kind of a huge fan. Of it. I am also a huge fan of this idea. I think this is massive. I give huge kudos to Target for this. I mean, if you think about it comparably. Uber purchased Drizzly not that long ago. Rumor valuation was over a billion dollars. So this is minimally a billion dollar idea that we are talking about here. And I actually think it's probably in terms of valuation, much bigger than that comparably, because you look like you have ships, you have those same types of capabilities in terms of same day Mm -hmm. services, but you also have the network of 2000 stores that's now available for curbside pickup, which as as a startup, Uber, Drizzly, whomever, you can't just stand that up. And that's an important aspect of this when you start talking about convenience, because there's times when you need ice, you need things quickly, and maybe that's when you're going to use this type of service to get those types of products. So I think this is huge. Like I actually, I think this is so funny and I cannot get this vision out of my head because it's a billion dollar idea of like Brian Cornell, CEO of Target with a big B around his neck and a huge gold chin. And he's like pumping. Like a rapper chain. Yeah. Yeah. Like a rapper chain Mm -hmm. in the Target gym. I don't think people know this, but Brian Cornell works out twice a day in the corporate Target gym. And so I just see him like strutting with all the earnings, the big gold chain around his hand, like pumping some (laughs) iron, you know, like I, I, I just think it's great. Good for him, man. This is a cool move. That'd be a cool video too. I hope Target hears this and maybe shoots that, but they never will. 
Oh man. Yeah. I don't know about that, but yeah, I think the, the convenience thing is so key, Chris, especially when you think about too, like all of the other things that you're ordering from one spot and from target, you're not going to like Uber or Instacart and you have to order from a bunch of different stores to have this delivery done. It's one and done. You can get so much at that one-stop shop at target and furthers target as that one-stop shop online and offline, which I think is huge. Um, you know, who else likes this idea though? Uh, oh no, I know where this is. A&M. And they're going to put you on the spot right off the bat here. Um, so Chris, obviously great move, great digital results, but A&M wants you to tell them if having such a deep dependencies on stores for fulfillment is going to create a risk to the target customer who's shopping in store with all these like third party and, um, and even Mm. the target pickers interfering with that customer experience. Do you think that they should be thinking about other fulfillment models that kind of lessen that store pick dependency? Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a, that's a really great there. These guys are so good at doing kind of the offshoot question on the topic. I mean, I think, um, I would say well, I wouldn't be worried about store fulfillment, number one. I do think they need to be exploring different options for that. So, right. So like long term, if you're having third party pickers coming into your store, that's going to be problematic because the store shelves will get crowded. That'll hurt your current shoppers. And also it's kind of more expensive. So I think, no, you have to look at more models though, in terms of how to use that inventory more efficiently, and get a higher return on investment. I mean, that's why we've partnered with, you know, take off a micro fulfillment company for so long. The idea that there is, you know, put automation or process efficiencies in the back room to pick and pack out of the backs. You're not needing those third-party pickers to come in and do that work. They can just pick up the goods curbside or some location. And then the good news is the stores are closer from a last mile standpoint. And so I think the other thing you're seeing with Target too, is like they're doing the sortation center work. You know, the big, they just announced in their earnings report too, that they're going to open five more of those. They're actually going to be smaller, they said in the report than their typical store. So those are going to be in pretty good locations. And they've always already said ship drivers can go to those. So I think you see Target already moving in that direction where they're not going to necessarily have the drivers do the pick and pack. They're going to have the drivers do the pickup and the last mile delivery. So I think it's incredibly smart and you continue to just build out the network across the store base and with other, any other complementary type warehousing that you're going to need to make that happen. So it's a great question, uh, but I, I actually don't worry about it at all. I think it's actually a benefit that, you know, more and more people need to exploit. Yeah, short-term, short-term problem, but something that can be solved with the right mix of technology. And look what they've done in the last year and a half, you know, getting getting to this point with drive up and order pickup and, and curbside yeah. and things like that. Target seems far afield of that relative to other people for sure. All right, let's hit this next story. I think this one, this one, I think is this this is probably the most important story. Uh, but Amazon this week has rebranded Go Grocery to Amazon Fresh. Now Rest assured, loyal OmniTalk fans, that does that does not mean that Amazon Go is going anywhere. They will continue to roll out Amazon Go stores as well as Amazon Fresh grocery stores, which just heard today, another one is opening up in Virginia. Yes, that's right. It's just that Amazon Go grocery as a concept is dead. I want to make sure everyone understands that completely. But this, I think this is really important. And what's your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, this is to me, this is so much more than a rebrand. And I think what what this is the underlying thing for me here is really that this allows Amazon to rethink fresh in a smaller footprint, like in the go, what was traditional go footprint, you know, the thousand square foot space and what the what that could mean for convenience stores throughout the country in rural destinations when they can, you know, leverage Amazon's supply chain for fresh in a very small 
autonomous footprint. And then when you start to look at, you know, they're going into 30,000 square feet grocery store concepts right now, like it also allows them to continue to push grocery um, to fresh to go grocery or what it was formerly called um, that cashierless checkout option, which I think is, is great. And I think there's going to be ripple effects now for the, for both industries, both grocery and convenience because of this. Interesting. God, that's, that's a cool, I hadn't thought about that side of the angle. I love that you brought that up. Like that's, that's fascinating. So you're saying like, sure, there's the whole like easily seen thing of, okay, maybe they are going to move into bigger scale grocery in general. And so let's just now call that all Amazon fresh, which I think this does herald favorite word to say, but you're saying it also now brands convenience in a different way where they can now go 10,000, 7,000 square feet with fresh, like a smaller grocery assortment right. for different communities throughout the world. And there's still a lot of appetite, especially in the ground floors of all the, uh, all the residential apartment complexes that are going up too. So that's a, wow, that's a great point. I know there's a lot of incentives around that too, from a real estate development perspective. Fascinating. I, I don't have anything to add there. I think both, I think it heralds both of those things. I think it's super cool. Um, the other thing I love about it though, is like, I love this company that's just like, yeah, so what? We had different names. Who cares? Like our formats and shopping experiences are different. I think we as retailers place way, way too much emphasis on trying to get all that stuff perfect, especially from the get-go. Like, again, how many people honestly do you think have stepped inside a go grocery store in Seattle and one of the fresh stores in in California, Chicago, or whatever the hell else they are right now? Like, mm-hmm. it's like zero, right? It's probably like, it's probably Ricardo. I know you're listening. It's probably like pundits like us, Ricardo, anybody <laughs> else who like just geek out on this stuff. No one else cares. Right. Consumers right. don't care. And they're consolidating. They're like, they're just, they're yeah. calling it down. And that's what you should be doing. And I think the simpler they can make it, which it's Amazon, you know that they will. So yeah, yeah it makes master class on how to do this when so many people get just so wrapped up in perfection. Right. All right. We're going to headline number three. You've teased it, Chris. Google is deepening its partnership with Shopify by letting the companies, more than 1 million merchants, make their products more discoverable in Google search and elsewhere like Maps, Lens, Images, and YouTube with just a few clicks, according to CNBC. Uh, Google will also, I don't know what exactly this means. So Chris, you're going to have to tell me what you think about this because I I don't know if it's like anything groundbreaking, but apparently Google is going to persistently display shopping carts when people open new tabs so they can easily return to shopping through this partnership also. So I don't know if that's just like the favicon goes away and it's a shopping cart now with like 25 things in it that I've saved and will someday buy. Um, but either so way, you're saying like, do you think it's just going to be like on the top of the browser? They'll just be like kind of the cart thing with like, Hey, you have three items in your cart that you put in here at some point in time. Do you want to go back to those? Yeah. Hard, hard to say, but how that's different from the current experience, but whatevs moving on yeah. Shopify shares uh, popped 4% after this news. And Chris, I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. I mean, is this, a, is this big news to you? Is it like sizzle? What do you think? I don't know. This is like, this is, this is, this one was tough for me. Like I'm, I'm a little skeptical of this. Like, I think okay. I've been, and I think I wrote articles about this back like four, four years ago, three years ago in Forbes, where it was like, you know, Google could be doing a lot more in retail than seemingly they are. Um, and they've never been able to figure the, the e-commerce side out of this. When you think about it, there's all the first product search activity. How do you just close that and convert that really fast for everyone involved? It just seems like they've never been able to figure that out either from an operational perspective, but also from like a front end UX perspective, I have tried to use Google for shopping a lot. It just never 
ever takes with me with the same like friction free experience that I get when I'm at Amazon. So that's a pretty hard, high bar to try to meet in general, if that's what you're competing on those first product searches. But the other side of this too, is like, when I think about Shopify, I don't know that Shopify is like a first product search thing. Like it's more about like thing. It's a lot of niche brands, a lot of things you don't know about. So you kind of don't know it until you have understood it already. So that to me makes it feel like it's more discovery based and more suited to social commerce and Instagram. And by getting people hooked in it that way, or even having the search capability live in Facebook. So I would think of like Facebook or Instagram doing something similar to almost disintermediate the first product search in a different way for these companies than I do with this. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't love this that much. I'm kind of like split on it. I'm like, I'm like 40 C I'm not confident in that like 40, 60, but I'm hedging on the, on the downside of this really not amounting to all that much. Yeah. I think you were going to have to see what actually happens and how, what the customer experience is like for this, because in concept, like the idea that I, as a customer can go and search now in Google and instead of just getting, you know, random things from giant retailers or from Amazon or whatever, you know, whoever can pay for the highest search results returned, um, that the idea that I might be able to be able to support more local or independent businesses is cool. But like, look at the shop app that, you know, Shopify tried to put out. I think that experience still needed a ton of work. Now, hopefully Google is the right partner for them to improve on this. But I think that there's still quite a bit that uh, Shopify merchants are going to have to encounter to make this a true an experience that's truly like the Amazon for local brands. Um, like you said, the first product search for for local and, and discoverable brands. Yeah, there's, all, there's always a reason business models are the way they are. And I'm not sure what I'm still not quite sure what the twist is, but if anyone's listening and they want to kind of enlighten us and share some new points, by all means, let us know and we'll try to bring them up in the future shows. All right. Headline number four. This is a fun one. The Real Real is launching its own fashion brand reportedly. So according to WWD, the you know, Real Real consignment business, consignment website, best known for selling fashions of other companies, high-end fashions, and they have their people send in the goods, appraisers evaluate them, they sell them, they resell them uh, on their e-commerce site. And they actually have a few stores too. We visited the one in New York a few years ago and wrote about it. Um, but apparently they are hiring an in-house design manager, which the reports claim is about launching a private label brand. And I have a ton of thoughts on this one, but we're, we're, you got to start. So I, I've been, at first I was really excited about this. Um, we're super yeah. excited about this. You fought for this. Let's I, I did, honest. I did fight for this. Cause at first I was like, this could be really cool. And in my head, like the real, real to me is like the closest equivalent that you will get to like Gen Z's Barney's or Bergdorf's. Like it's, it fulfills the sustainability model that they're all after that being like resale at its core. It started online first. So it feels like the right move for next generation. And they are going into physical stores. And for me, I was like, they have all this data on their customers. And I know that you're like, totally against that but i they have all this data on their customers that tells them like if we were to start a line like what are the trends that we would need to follow like is it crossbody handbags and how do we make maybe a more affordable or more um approachable price point for new people to experience this luxury brand um with creating our own private label but 
I know they're, you know, they're not profitable. It's a, it's a long shot, but hell I'm, I'm in, I'm in for it. Let's see what happens. Well, I, I, think it, you said that. I was, I actually had a special put you on the spot question just for you. Like in case I got it, I went to A&M and was like, <laughs> I was, I went to A&M and was like, give me one in reserve just in case you guys are, no. screwed. you guys are screwing me today. So like, that was their question, which was like, you mentioned profitability. Like, so net net, like, do you think this is a good way to monetize their data? If I put a gun to your head, do you think this is a good move, good way to monetize their data, good way to give their customers what they want? Or where are you on this? Like, point blank, I, I'm asking you candidly, Frank, tell me, tell me. I think it's worth an experiment. I mean, what else would you do? Like, how else do you make this, how else do you make this profitable? Like, how how do you scale this? I mean, they've been at it the longest and I would say have the most robust technical backbone to support this like if anybody's going to figure out how to do this oh, their whole model depend their their business depends on it see and fought you fought for this story and i didn't want to do it and then as i was researching it i'm like i actually want to keep this in because i hate i actually hate this idea now even as you said that like i i'm hating it even more because you say it's like an experiment well it's an experiment on a different business model not the business model that you actually have been trying to get working so you're basically starting fresh I also am sick and tired of two things. One, I hate every every internet company that's like data is my advantage. Like I am so sick of hearing that. Like, okay, yeah, everyone has data. Every single person, every business has data to some degree. Like that, yes, let's all agree to that. Secondly, private label is not a panacea. Like Stitch Fix was, is, you know, has claimed that they're going to try to do it. Bed Bath Beyond is a lot of people are trying to buy into the fact that private label is going to save them. Everyone brings that up as the answer to get more profitability. But let's let, click into this, right? Okay, yes, you have data. But what do you have data on? You have data, and they have been explicit in saying this, that their business model is different. Onesie and twosie items, none of which look the same. Thousands of those that don't look the same. So are you using your data to create mass-produced products or knockoffs of onesie and twosie items? Because those are really different. And one of those is actually really hard to do and probably really hard to generate demand around and really expensive and costly. And the other one is probably where all the volume is, but yet I don't know that you have the data to confidently be able to do that. So net, net, I absolutely hate this idea, which when I absolutely hate something, I probably am missing a big point and you're probably right, but you have the last word. What do you think? Well, I think that, you know, they didn't have success. They've tried things like this where they've taken like stuff that's been not been sold and they've tried to repurpose it and sell it off as onesies and twosies. And a lot of that didn't sell. So they, they, again, like there's no time when you're, when you're up against the wall, they have no other choice here, but to figure out how to keep this business operable. And so I tell you what, I'm going to ask Adam uh, Siegel from Recurate next week. We're interviewing him. um, You guys next Wednesday, the 26th, um, 12 Eastern Adam is our resale expert from Recurate, and I'm going to put him on the spot with this question because I'm curious to hear what he says. And Chris, we might have to like place a little wager on this to see. Yeah, yeah, we might. Yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I don't. My thing too is like, let's not get pandemic crazy here, right? Like, you haven't been able to have stores too. Like, I still think there's an omni-channel conception of this concept that could bring you some profitability. You just have to think about it in a smart way. Um, And you got to really think about it from a nuts and bolts omni-channel perspective. All right, let's close it out. And I think you've got the fifth story here, right? To shut us down. Yes, this will shut you down if, if, from my perspective, at least. So toy retailer Camp is rolling out online shopping for children as young as three. Toddlers, really. I mean, we're talking toddlers at this yeah, point. Yeah, no, they overtly say three, right? Yeah. So 
parents can set up basically like a preloaded card that uh, will allow kids to shop the camp website and they get coins and they can shop uh, different gifts in there. And then the coins deplete as they pick the the gifts. Um, the uh, representative from camp also said that they're hoping with this effort that they will help kids better understand the value of money in the digital age. <laughs> I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Chris. Oh my. I think it's clear how I'm feeling about this. How do you? Feel? So you're pretty nauseated by this. Like this pretty much makes you nauseous. This is like your Mark Laurie food truck idea. Um, I got to tell you, like I am nauseous as all hell with this. Like, and I am starting to wonder how like any young person has any conception of money. But hey, when you've got you're the upper crust and you have generational wealth, tell them what they've won. They've won a lifetime of never having to worry about money, which is I think who this is catered to. Um, I don't like that. I hate it actually, but. From a future of retail perspective and where is retail going and what is this show about? I hate to say it, I actually love this. It's one of those ideas where I'm like, why didn't somebody come up with this before? I mean, you think about the analog, Dave and Busters, same thing. You get a card, you give it to your kids, they go play games, whatever. Now you're just bringing it into the digital world with toys. I also think you could extend this into the physical world when you start talking about everything that's going on in crypto. Um, just even digital payments in general, but mobile technology, it's all loaded on a device or a mobile phone and you can send your kid off. You can sit down and have your rosé like in the camp store in the little area where you sit down, they go off and play. And then if they want to buy something, you give them like 10 bucks to spend while they're there, which in reality is like what you're doing it. Now that I'm thinking about Dave and Buster's too, with the damn tickets, it's the whole mm -hmm. same point. They go to the, they go to the room. It's kind of a brilliant play. Now you're extending that into online. I don't think it's just toys that can do this. I think you could do this in a lot of ways with a lot of different loyalty programs. So I was always kind of down on the camp store as a concept, but like when you start thinking about it this way from an army channel perspective, I don't know. I actually think this is pretty cool. I think it's actually really cool. Oh, Jesus. Take the tablet. That's like, <laughs> I just, you got to get that. I cannot disagree more, Chris. Like really the, what, why can't, why do we need our three-year-olds to be shopping online on their own? Like, that's one thing that I feel like my kids and I actually can do together. And even more so, like, I love camp. I love the store in person. Like, that shopping experience is cool because you get to be, like, in the space shopping with your kids, having those memories of buying th something or playing in a room together with something or seeing, even if I am sitting and having my rosé on the side and the kids are running through the, like, treehouse or whatever. Like, there's something about the connection that is missing there. And now our kids were just going to put them in front of a tablet and let them just go on on their own. I just, I hate it so much. And I, yes, it's the future of retail. And yes, this is probably where we're headed, but that does that mean that's the right thing for humanity? <sighs> Moses smell the roses. That's what you're saying here. You like, you kind of think it's important. It was, it was a Miranda sorry. Lambert play. Jesus take the wheel. You know that song, right? Yeah, no, I don't. Cause yeah. you know, I, I don't okay. know anything about music, but um, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, but yeah, you unlock something for me. I never thought about though. The camp's not about the reinvention of retail. It's about the reinvention of inner kids entertainment. It's the reinvention of Chuck E. Cheese. It's the reinvention of Dave and Foster's. That's what you're ultimately getting at here, which could yeah. be a great business model if you figure out how to modernize this. But let's not confuse that with necessarily straight up retail. You're still playing. That's still an entertainment game mainly. But you this gets you into the retail aspect online differently than those other people have done. So this is kind of a cool morph. And whenever you see a morph, that's like one plus one equals three for me. All right. Are you ready to wrap this up? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. We've got a new fun section today. We're going to give it a shot. Give it a wheel. 
Here we go, Ann. Rapid fire. One sentence answers. J. Crew hired a new creative director this week oh, from nice. Supreme. Is that going to solve all their problems? Go. 100% no. One person cannot solve an entire band's problems, especially as we will point out if they are only the creative director for men's, not the entire brand. Yes, I love that. If you don't, I can always tell who reads stories in social and who doesn't. If you're saying this is great, it's only men's, not the majority of the business that J. Crew does. So keep thinking, everybody. All right, Chris, I've got one for you. Uh, when you relive your days as Ben Affleck, are you picking Jennifer Garner or Jennifer Lopez? <laughs> Oh my God. Can I say neither one? I don't love it. No, there is only one answer here. Oh my God. I'd have to, if I had to go Jennifer's, I'd go Jennifer Lawrence. But I guess if you told me which of those two, I'd actually pick Gardner. Oh, Gardner, wrong, answer. wrong answer. Wrong J-Lo answer. All the way. Jenny, Jenner, Jenny from the block. 100%. Oh, oh, give me a break. All right. And name that is always hot. First one that came to mind was Jared as in Jared Leto. Oh my God. No, that <laughs> is the absolute wrong answer. The correct answer is Lacey. Chris, uh, Walmart's Zekit acquisition. What's your hot take? Oh, hot space, lots of snap, everybody going into this space in terms of virtual fitting technology. I just don't think it's the right play for Walmart. I think there's a lot of complications there. I don't think they should be a first mover on this. I would be spending my money and investing companies in a lot of different spaces right now. Maybe they need it for the Brandon Maxwell new uh, collection that still hasn't come out. Make sure it fits all right. Yeah, okay. maybe. Yeah, who knows right. where that goes? Yeah, a lot of a lot of sauce. Who knows how much a lot of sizzle in that's whatever in that stick. I don't that know. expression is. Who cares? Anyway, you guys know what I mean. Who are listening? That's All right, happy matter. birthday today to some great '80s actors and actresses: Bronson Pinchot, Balky Bartokamus, Balky Bartokamus. Yeah. Right? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Mindy Cohn. Who's Mindy Cohn? Man. Oh, uh, Jennifer. Oh. oh my God! Seriously? Seriously? I know who it is. I can't remember. What show? What show? Uh, fa- uh, yes, family yes. ties. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Facts of life. Facts of life. Facts of life. She was right, Natalie. Right. Natalie. 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 Oh, it was a good Anne. name. And Anne, do you believe in life after love? Oh my gosh. Cher. How old uh, do you think Cher is? How old do you think? Honestly, do you I, think? How old do you think? I listened. I heard it on the radio this morning, oh. so I know she's like, "What is that? Like Diamond Jubilee, seventy-five or something?" She's just going to be fully shared, encrusted in diamonds today. Oh, I'll, wow. I'll, yeah, pay, no, I'll pay that, to see that concert. She's younger than I thought. Did you think? Honestly, be honest. Did you think Cher was older than seventy-five? No, in my mind, she's always like thirty-five on that like SOS ship with her like fishnets. So that will forever be Cher in my mind. <laughs> I think she was 60 then or something. Actually. No matter how much she ages, she always looks the same age. Yes, uh, yeah, yes. that's totally, that's totally share. All right. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it on top. Our fast five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day. And also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And we try to fit it all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And, of course, as always, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And of course, take off. 
Take off is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small, robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com.